0: This is the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the Blood Red Agenda this week. We've got a little bit of breaking news today. Um, the Premier League clubs have just voted for the transfer window now to close on September the 1st in the summer. Um, you'll think about the last few seasons, it's actually closed before the Premier League has started. Um, I'm joined by Ollie Connolly to discuss what's going on, how this will... What has affected clubs in the past, why it's brought in and what it's going to mean for Liverpool. So do you want to just first start off by explaining a little bit why the transfer window was brought in in the first place? You know why it was stopped earlier for Premier League clubs?
1: Yeah, I think it, the answer is twofold. You have the first, the competitive balance element, which is let's try and have uh, not the same squads all season, but let's have the one clear midpoint, which is January, where we, you can replenish and address injuries and what have you not have a situation where a match winner wins two games at the start of the season for Watford and then gets nipped away by a, a foreign club or a big team and suddenly he's had a big influence on a season where he was there for a fraction of it. Um, and the, the biggest thing just being disruption to the clubs in general. You have situations with Van Dijk, Oden wingy famously in the past where the player basically checks out, he thinks the move is happening, the season has started and then maybe he doesn't move, maybe he does move and managers just don't know when they do their team sheet on the first day of the season, is this player even going to be here in a fortnight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's obviously,
0: you know, really important for managers to know who they're going to be working with mm-hmm. for the season ahead. And we were talking just before this video started about when John Stones went from Everton to Chelsea and Roberto Martinez was kicking off, I think it was in 2014, about how, you know, big clubs are coming in and poaching from well so be it smaller teams yeah. um, and obviously that is just a massive a massive deal for clubs lower in the Premier League so that was obviously important and why this
1: change came about yeah I think it, it's more um, sometimes you put laws in to force people to have some restraint some self restraint because Everton could have done those deals earlier they tried to drive the price up right deadlines create a need to get things done and the Premier League is just looking around going, we have doing all this stuff with sponsors. John Stones is on all our things for Everton for the season. He's on the pamphlet of the season ticket. And no one knows if he's actually going to beat it. So by moving all that stuff forward, it's just a, it was just an easier idea. I also think it's funny, the news today, that it was the Premier League essentially trying to flex their power over Europe, being like, we're going to do this first, and then they'll have to fall in line with us. And the rest of Europe said, no.
0: (laughs) No, no. Yeah, so that's exactly what this boils down to because the last season alone, I wrote a couple down before we came in. Montreal went to Dad from Arsenal. Sanchez went to Inter from... United and Costa went from Chelsea to Roma all after mm-hmm. the Premier League window closed. So it was still happening last yeah. season. So the Premier League were essentially powerless in the summer yeah. if the big European clubs were coming in, like your Romas, your Inters being like, you know, we're going to take your best player. What, you, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, and also the agents. The agents are in this weird situation now. Where they all have conflicts of interest. They represent everyone for all the teams. But they couldn't do the one-for-one one deal that is so common. Right, Most deals trigger another deal and so you got the situation where Sanchez is going to leave United United know he's going to go they probably have a list of well he's leaving but do we replace him before and then if he doesn't leave what does our wage budget look like he makes 400 grand what deal can we make where do we get 200 grand back do we get all 400 like is China going to get involved they have no idea and it's just a planning nightmare and just like a organisational nightmare in that case. And you either get players stranded, the best one probably being Ericsson. I mean, yeah. Ericsson thought he was going. Spurs were like, I guess he's going. They didn't, no one could structure the deal. They wanted the player or the club. He thought Barcelona was coming in, they didn't. And so you just had him pouting for six months where he's on the pitch and nobody wants him really to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a massive example. You, you saw it this season, well, the first half of this season up to the January window when he's obviously left. Mm-hmm. But... I suppose talking specifically about Liverpool in this situation, it hasn't affected Liverpool over the last two seasons when it's been in place. And to be honest, with the position they're in, they probably wouldn't be affected. But what kind of, I suppose, not advantage, but what kind of thing will this give to other other clubs now they've voted to bring it back in line with Europe?
1: I, I prefer the way where it's all done. I think it has to be uniform. You can't be in a situation where, like we said, you're negotiating without you have some leverage, but far less leverage than you normally have as the Premier League. Um, Liverpool's an interesting one because it takes some time, but we saw this during Alex Ferguson's years at Man United, where he just set his own deadline. He was like, they may have a Premier League deadline, but my deadline for players is this day. You know, it changed a little bit, but basically once we're in training camp, I'm kind of done. Um which again creates some deadline, but you need time to prove that agents are still going to try and mug you off and it takes time and success to regain some of that leverage to be like, no, this is our hard and fast deadline and you get proven to be good negotiators and so people start conforming to that deadline. So I still think teams, Liverpool being the most well-run club in the Premier League right now, probably with Man City um, and them having the added advantage of, they will know their budget now three, four years out. They know they're pretty much guaranteed Champions League football. Anything with winning the league, winning the Champions League is just, a boost, uh, you know, a bonus. Um, So they can plan. I mean, they did Minamino in November because they they knew. So I think they are in almost a different stratosphere to the rest of the league and I think the rest of the league, if you have smartly run clubs, which most of them have not been for a long time because they've got too much money, (laughs) is to just say, no, we have our own deadline now, but you just have to have um, the 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 gusto to like stay stay the course when it does get a bit tempting to maybe throw the cash around, or your squad does look a bit threadbare when you get to you know the week before the deadline.
0: Yeah, but that's just it. I think you you revert back to Manchester United, and that's an interesting point because you're thinking about Liverpool and City and how they are now. They can set their own deadlines mm-hmm. because of the standard of players, because of where they're going to be playing, because of what they're going to be winning. Players want to come rather than players want yeah. to leave. So. The fact is, if the Premier League deadline's closed, clubs in Europe aren't going to be able to pinch players from City, aren't going to be able to pinch players from Liverpool now, just because of the standard they are. But I think this might give other teams a bit more an advantage in terms of they won't have any of their players. I know Monreal, Sanchez, etc. aren't like your total out-and-out stars, but they are still very, very good players at clubs that have left without clubs being able to react to that. So I think it's all help other clubs in the Premier League rather than Liverpool specifically.
1: Yeah, well, the Sanchez one is a good example because they're already saying he's going to come back next season now, which is hilarious because no one wants him <laughs> really yeah. anyway. Uh, to, to say you're going to recall your own play when the loan expires is, is an odd one. But given the injuries they've had, they probably would have maybe decided let's just keep him and just see how yeah. it goes. The deal they got was pretty pretty terrible at the end of the day. Um See, I I think it's interesting. I do think it affects teams lower down the league more. And it's more, as you said, it's the incoming. It's the recruitment, I think, more so than going out. Big, big clubs have lists, ongoing lists of this guy, you know, we would consider this price. These are the guys we would try and get in. So recruitment's a year-round thing. I think it, it it, it impacts if a player has... A amazing start to the season that maybe he gets and a team has considered him and then it sets in their mind a team a little bit up the table from maybe a relegation battle. Okay, let's go try and get him now. So I think that's where the the conflict's going to come in. I, I much prefer having it wrapped up before the thing. I mean, it's great for content. <laughs> we can yeah. do two more weeks of <laughs> transfer nonsense um, and it definitely has to be in line with Europe because it's just a tough place to negotiate from. But um, I preferred it when it was done before the start of the season.
0: Yeah, it it certainly reverts back to your point though, doesn't it? I mean, it it was probably a really good idea from the Premier League to try and get it done before so everyone knows exactly what squad they're working with. But if Europe don't conform, (laughs) if your big clubs are only the Liga's and your Serie A's, you've got absolutely no choice, have you?
1: Do you think they really wanted more time because they don't have the budget of the Premier League and it was a bit of a um, a market inefficiency? Like, oh, now everything's going to drop. we got a fortnight where... Premier League's not involved anymore or do you think it was just kind of a screw you message to the Premier League?
0: I think it's probably a little bit of both to Mm -hmm. be honest. I think they probably look at the Premier League like it's the richest league in the world. It's the most well-watched league in the world. It's it's everything they want to be essentially. Mm -hmm. So part of it would be like no, no, we're not going to let you have this over us because we actually have the power to stop this. And then part of it as well is I think we can if you're looking in from that from Europe, you get an advantage, you know, you're thinking we've got two weeks extra in the Premier League. If we go and try and take a couple of their players who might be coming up against us in the Champions League, say or whatever, then you've got a massive advantage going into the season. I think it's going to cause a little bit of unrest. Um, We've seen in loads of transfer windows in the past where this, um, the stop point was up midway during the Mm -hmm. first couple of weeks. Um, where players are going here, there and everywhere. But I think that's just something the Premier League and lower league managers are going to have to, or lower team managers are going to have to live with Mm -hmm. if they want to carry on competing with Europe and being in that same sort of standard and not having your players pinched elsewhere. You're going to have to deal with the Premier League clubs as well.
1: There was this weird, well, a rumour of a hybrid system, which I actually think could work quite well. It gets a bit bogged down in details where they would have a domestic window shut. So players couldn't move between clubs, which is the thing that I think is a bit strange about w- when you start playing games. Again, we already have one in the middle point of the season, but it is a lot farther into the year mm-hmm. than it is after two, three it's games. It's almost settled, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, and it just feels like the player is more a part of that team. You know, if he's there for, he, he did his stints at half and half that he did a couple there and then most of the season elsewhere. Um, so a hybrid system where you can do domestic transfers up until the first game of the season, wherever that, wherever that date is, but you can still negotiate with Europe um, through up until the end of their window. That was mooted. I think that actually would be quite sensible. I know it, it's more difficult and uh, it's a bit more complex, I guess, but I think that would have made some sense.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think the big gripe as to why this even came in the first place was because players were going from slightly lower Premier League clubs to bigger Mm. Premier League clubs and they were feeling like a a disadvantage to clubs in their own team that are going to be playing every week essentially or coming up against a couple of times a season at least. So I think, yeah, that's certainly a really interesting point and I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised given the fact that two seasons ago they voted this in, two seasons later they voted (laughs) it out. I don't think it's completely settled yet.
1: No, and I think that the machinations of a deal with Europe are such that you kind of have to do it early because image rights are such a big deal there. Things are more uniform, the Premier League. So when you have these final two weeks now, when you are getting to panic by territory and you get something like in the January window, United's looking at a Josh King and someone. If that yeah. happens, you know, at the start of the season, it's a huge deal for Bournemouth not having time to replace him. Um, you are more likely when it's panicking to look within the division. Um, so I, I think a hybrid would have made the most sense. It seems based on the reports that they're just going to go wholesale bag, which is so funny because they spent so long banging yeah, on about did. how annoying this was, how we've got to change it from Wenger back in like 2008 And I think you've now.
0: got almost like a total unanimous decision <laughs> yeah. for Premier
1: League clubs, that like, this is what we're doing. Yeah.
0: But anyway, I guess... With this news, it's, it's watch this space. I mean, obviously for the summer window, it's going to be September the 1st when Europe closes. But whether or not that carries on into <laughs> no. the season after, we shall see. Yes. Thank you very much for watching The Agenda this week. You've been listening to The Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.